Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. You are about to listen to an original episode of Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of upcoming shows, go to barrykatz.com. After you finish the podcast, please take a moment to subscribe to it, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it sucks. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard. It is a new year, everybody. Very, very exciting. 2017. I hope you had a great holiday. I thought it only be fitting to do a Best of Industry Standard Part 2, as promised. I have 25 more people that are going to give you some of the greatest advice you could ever have in your life. Before I get started, I want to thank you again for everything you do. You guys are so supportive, so wonderful. Couldn't do this show without you. And as always, I start my show off with a cold open. And in this case, you're going to be thrilled because it's not going to be a long cold open. I'm just going to tell you that this year I'm committed to giving you some of the greatest artists that you can ever imagine. I have some amazing surprises for you, including very soon the president of Netflix, Ted Sarandos, which I'm very, very excited about. And all these people that you're about to listen to are going to share with you things that you would never hear anywhere else. And I just want to say that when I think about these interviews and I think about the people that I've sat across from, when I sit across from these people, nothing else matters. Time stops. There's no bills. There's no stress. There's no problems. Because I'm sitting face to face with somebody who's looking me in the eye and I'm looking them in the eye. And we're not afraid. We feel safe. We feel happy and encouraged to tell the kinds of stories that are personal to us that give us a jumping off point to allow us to free ourselves of some of these stories that maybe we've been holding on to for many many years but maybe didn't feel safe enough to deliver and i'm grateful 
that I get a chance to sit across from these people and they get a chance to share those stories with you. And I hope in your own lives, you take more time to sit across from people, have more time to listen to what people have to say and take more time to engage people who mean something to you and whose wisdom can help you absorb it and take it in. Dr. Phil had a great quote one time. He said his father shared with him these words, never miss an important opportunity to shut the fuck up. So rather than talk some more, I guess I should take Dr. Phil's advice. Here we go in three, two. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in showbiz and you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Creating holy shit moments. Undeniable. You fucking firing me up, Katz. I love this man. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Out of the air! Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. Welcome. Happy New Year. Excited. This is going to be a great show. 2016 Part 2 Best of Industry Standard. And I can't think of a better way to start it off with my first guest today, a guy I interviewed live at the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. He started his career on the comedy game show Make Me Laugh then booked an acting job on a show that went forever, saying elsewhere, and created the Fox Emmy-nominated animated children's series, Bobby's World. You might know him best as the host of the NBC hit show, Deal or No Deal, or as judge on NBC's juggernaut show, America's Got Talent, Howie Mandel. It's Nike's advice, and that's just do it. And the point is, just do it any place, anywhere, and it doesn't have to be comedy. It doesn't have to be show business. Just do it. You know, the most amazing thing to me is as a stand-up comic, I tour all over, we'll land in Montana, some guy in his 50s will pick us up, take us to the theater, and he'll go, what's California like? You know, I've never been on an airplane. I grew up here in Montana, and I'm thinking, just do it. Just get on the plane, just go. You know, somebody said... You know, 99% of success is just showing up. If you don't show up, it's not going to happen. So just do it. My next guest is Comedy Central Senior VP of Talent and Specials and oversees the production and development of original series and tentpole events such as the Emmy-nominated Comedy Central Roast franchise. He's also been involved with diverse slate of specials like the Emmy Award-winning Night of Too Many Stars as well as the Peabody Award-winning show D.L. Hughley's The Endangered List. Jonas Larson. I think for anybody starting out in entertainment, especially someone like myself who came in with no connections, I knew nobody, nobody. I know I had no built in network. I think you, you, you have to just, you have to start, you have to commit and, and don't be afraid to zigzag. Take the opportunities that come your way, good or bad. It doesn't matter. You're going to learn every step of the way. And as long as you learn, you're going to be fine. And as long as you have a, a little bit of talent, obviously there has to be, you know, something behind it. But if you're smart and you have some talent, stick with it, man. You're going to be fine. There's a lot of people out here wanting to do the same thing. There's a lot of competition going in for the same jobs and all that stuff. 
But the ones that ultimately went out are the ones that outlast all the others and stick with it and never give up. And don't worry about zigzagging through life. Like I, I never finished college. I dropped out um, because I went with this crazy dream and I believed in it. And I never believed that failure was an option, even though I've had you know, many little bumps along the way, you, you, you plow through them. You just don't, I mean, don't let it affect you. Don't let it get you down because tomorrow's a new day and new things will, will come your way. And as far as young comics and, and, and writers and, and directors, I think make stuff, go out there, go in the clubs. I mean, you know this better than anybody. Be out there, be visible continue to write. Don't just do the same material over and over and over again. Continue to write new stuff. Replenish that well. Keep, you know, growing your voice, finding your voice out there. I think a lot of comics, especially young, you know, comics that are starting out, you know, tend to emulate their, their idols, right? They, very rarely do you find someone like a Pete Davidson who's 20 years old and, and has a very distinct voice. Most of the time, they're, they're, they're trying to find their voice by doing someone else's kind of style. And, and the only way to find your own style is to keep doing it. And eventually, you'll find the, the groove that makes you tick. And I think it's work hard, work frequently, you know, don't procrastinate and keep writing. I mean, the writing process is really the most, I mean, it's like a guy like Bill Burr, who's just cranking out specials like almost once, once a year. That's a lot of work, especially at the level that he's operating. He's one of the greatest, you know, um, stand-ups out there. And, and he is just putting out unbelievable special after the other. And that's because he's out there and he's working through his material and he works hard. And there is no substitute for that. My next guest is an award-winning variety director and producer, probably one of the top two in the world. He has worked with some of the most incredible talent from Robin Williams, Madonna, George Carlin, Cher, Seinfeld, Aerosmith, Chris Rock, the Rolling Stones, and Justin Timberlake, just to name a few. Despite his variety career, he's created a show on HBO that was a smash hit called Hard Knocks, Marty Kulner. Well, for the young artists, work every night. Go to every club. Don't stop. Just keep going and going and going. You'll get there. And for the young directors who want to be a director, start in a local station in a small town. Don't try and start in Los Angeles or New York. Learn your craft. Be lucky. Just be lucky. Because that's an element that you can't describe, and it certainly affected my career. I was in the right place at the right time. Yes, you do make your own luck, but you have to have luck. My next guest is an award-winning stand-up comedian and renowned Vegas headliner, having also established a successful television and film career that spanned over four decades. He had his own HBO special and was named the new Mr. Vegas in Las Vegas and won Best Stand-Up Comedian at the prestigious American Comedy Awards after four consecutive nominations. George Wallace. 
If you want to be a comedian, just be true to yourself. You know, it's a lot of work. And I want to tell you the most important thing, if you want to be a comedian, make sure you're true to yourself, make sure you're ready to work, and make sure you enjoy what you do. Enjoy your life. But here's the most important thing. If you can put up with bullshit, because 80% of being an entertainer, there's a lot of bullshit and a lot of detours. If you can put it's it's pretty much you know it doesn't matter how big you are there's going to be some bullshit people trying to stop you pull you down and if you love what you do and you achieve a level of success just knocking that bullshit out of the way you and don't be jealous of what other people are doing uh, so many comedians going why did he get the job don't worry about that each career has a different direction be you be honest to yourself honor your essence get out there and work have a good time make people happy make people uh, laugh and when you make people laugh like I said laughter is the greatest medicine in the world it's, it's free medicine and enjoy it just make sure you want to do and if you want to be a comedian that's a, listen to me you can't want to be a comedian it's I gotta be a comedian and when you say, I got to be a comedian, that means and no bullshit's going to stop me. My next guest is a multi-Emmy nominated writer and executive producer known for such great shows as Veep, Saturday Night Live, Seinfeld, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. His episode, Pool Guy from Seinfeld, won the prestigious Writers Guild Award. Dave Mandel. The thing to me that is, I guess, amazing that when I sit back and look at it, and by the way, this, I guess to me, this podcast, by the way, is a part of it, which is just the, the internet. I know it sounds silly to say, but the notion that if you put your mind to it, you could write sketches and start filming them with your friends. And maybe even, even if you were in an improv group, whatever, and start filming them and putting them up because you could do it with your phone. You could do it with your phone and a you know, a gorilla stand. You don't even need a tripod at this point. You could make stuff. You could get stuff out there. And I guess that's what I always tell people is just, it sounds silly because it's like, oh, keep at it. Um, but honestly, it is that thing of like, if you want to be a writer, just keep writing, just keep generating material. And nowadays, just try and get it out there. Film it yourself. Learn to do that. And you'll not only pick up skills like directing and editing and all that kind of stuff, which maybe isn't a way in or a sideways into something, but get, there, there is the ability to get your stuff out there. And the number of people, like I, when I was in New York and I was talking with uh, my old pal, Mike Shoemaker, who was back in the day, an associate producer at SNL. And is now uh, the, I think, exec producer of the Seth Meyer show and had done the same on the Jimmy Fallon first incarnation, the late night Jimmy Fallon. And now the late night Seth Meyer show. It sounded like 90% of his writers are Twitter people. And so the fact that if you want to write jokes, that you can just write jokes and put them out on Twitter, and if they're good enough, cream will rise to the top and you can be found. But you know how you're not going to do it is sitting, whatever, in your basement complaining about how all the shows suck and how you could do a better job, but you don't necessarily write those jokes. And I'm sure any of those Twitter people would tell you they didn't write their first joke and then it got a million hits and they got a job on whatever on, you know, the Seth Meyers show. They wrote a lot of jokes. They wrote a shitload of jokes. You know, it's, you know, whatever, Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. But it's like writers write. They don't write one script where, you know, 
I don't know, George dates a transvestite and then angrily sit around going, wouldn't George date a transvestite? I don't care if you think it's stupid. This is my script. You know what I mean? It's like, no, George wouldn't date a transvestite for a thousand reasons, not because they're a transvestite. I, no problem with any of that because it's stupid and hacky. It's a hacky, shitty idea. That's why he wouldn't do it. That's why it wouldn't be an episode of Seinfeld. And so write another script. And even if you're right that somehow that is brilliant and we're all wrong, then write 10 more scripts. And when you're in charge of Hollywood, pull out your transvestite script and shove it all up our asses and make us pay for it. But don't just sit there angrily with your transvestite script thinking like you're right and we're all wrong and that eventually we'll come to you. Write more. I, I, that's, I guess, it's my, my screed at millennials. So there you go. My next guest is a multiple Emmy award-winning manager, producer, and co-founder of Three Arts Entertainment. He's produced feature films such as Extract, Office Space, Head of State, Down to Earth, and Rain Over Me. And in TV, he's been an executive producer for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, King of the Hill, Everybody Hates Chris, and HBO's newest show, Insecure, Michael Rotenberg. When I was at Samuel Goldman Company, I was director of business affairs and I was negotiating deals and got to learn how companies really worked. And, um, and I would learn that, you know, that how the money was really, how the money really flowed and where the money really was and who was holding it. Um, and it was a great job, but there was a time where they were going to promote me to another, to be able to do VP. A bit. I was VP at that time or they're promoting me to VP. They're all just titles. They don't really mean a thing, which is as we grow up and get learn more, realize who's got real power and who doesn't. I don't care what their title. Um, but my boss, who was head of business affairs, said they were going to give me the I could do co-production. So I could start producing. I was Canadian. I could do Canadian American co-production. It would be new, new learning curve, which is the greatest thing you can do as you get older. And um, my boss, Norman Flicker at the time, who's passed away since, said, you know what, they're offering you this job and I'm not going to let them give it to you because this job is, is for me, it's a great last job for you. If you get stuck here, it's bad for your career. You've got, and he said, you're a young bird and you got to leave the nest. And this is too much of a nest for you. Like you got to go out there. And he said, and, if, and you know, if I have to push you out, I will, but I'm telling you, he, it was so loving and so true it was to him that this is a hobby. It's a great job for me, but it's a bit of a hobby. For you, you can't stay here. you got to go and go into the world. And it was the greatest advice because that put me into the real, the real fray and the real uh, marketplace. I had to fight for myself, but it was, that could have been a comfortable situation. And I think it's kind of the same thing that I you know, have to say to my clients too. It's You've got to just keep on striving for what you really believe you can attain because you really can. You know, we got this young kid, Jermaine Fowler. Have you seen him? He's, he's good. He's good. He's, he's, he's young. He's got a, he, but he could be a big star, but he's got to work really hard to stand up. And the thing is to keep him working hard and say to him, you can be everything you think you can be, but just, you've got to keep on putting yourself in situations where you are threatened or there's great stakes or you could fail for you to keep on getting better. And they're giving him all these different things, but you got to keep pushing yourself harder and higher because he wants to be Dave Chappelle. And he called me the other day about that special talking about that. Is, did, did, did Dave know how great that special was when he, when he did it? I'm telling you, this was Jermaine calling me the other day. 
And it's, you know, you just, you just have to keep on putting yourself in harm's way and you got to fail and you got to, you're going to get hurt and and then you got to get up and dust yourself off. But that for all of us, we have to do it. Otherwise you might as well, you know, go play golf in Montecito. It's just, it's, it's all hard work and showing that you can be, that you are an added value to everybody around you. And it's the same thing in management, same thing in producing. If you're not an added value, if I didn't help Jeffrey Katzenberg, you know, come up with ideas on how to co-promote with MTV, he wouldn't have thought of me as a producer. And, and, you know, and with our clients, if you're not worth 15%, they're not going to pay a 10, but you got to be worth 50% to get paid 10. If you're a young kid, you got to figure out what it is that the people around you need. And you got to also understand something else. If you're smart enough to say, I want to get to the top and you put the work in to get to the top, then there are very few people that have both those skills and will run that marathon. You're in casting all the time. Everybody from everywhere in America and in the world comes to Los Angeles to cast to be in your show. And you can't find a funny person. It's the craziest thing. So if you think you're funny and you're going to put the work in, you got a great shot because people with talent distinguish themselves. And whether that's working, as you say, at a rug store or whether it's working in tech, whether wherever it is, I don't know any of these tech guys that we interview, that we talk to all the time. It's for the Silicon Valley show that don't work the same crazy hours that we work, if not crazier hours that aren't as invested. You got to, it's nice to be on the spectrum so you don't have other distractions, right? But they work so hard and that's, there's nothing wrong with hard work and entry level, you know, these days these kids have to intern instead of getting paid as an entry level, but whatever that entry level position is, you got an opportunity to distinguish yourself from everybody else. And there are people at my company have done it. The people of my company that maybe it wasn't the right fit for them. So they do it somewhere else and we'll help them get other jobs, right? You help people all the time. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You know, you got to, some people have parents who have factories or whatever, they could work there. But some of the most unhappy people I know were people that I've known in my life that may have done a great job with their parents' business, but because they never established their own business, have security, insecurity issues because they feel it was handed to them. So the greatest thing we've got was the opportunity to come from Toronto or Boston or wherever you come from and work your, your butt off to prove yourself sadly to say, every day. My next guest is an extraordinary stand-up comedian, director, writer, creator, and producer, and has done so many things, including Empty Nest, The Facts of Life, Northern Exposure, Beggars and Choosers, The West Wing. But my favorite thing that he's done is created a show on Showtime that was on for a few seasons called The Green Room, and has featured everybody from Judd Apatow to Bob Saget to Jonathan Winters in his last television appearance, Paul Provenza. My first piece of advice is don't listen to anybody's advice. And I, I'm not saying that as a gag. I genuinely mean it. Just process people's advice. Do what you have to do with it. But don't think that anybody knows anything more than you do because it's all a crapshoot and we're all making it up as we go along. That was a big revelation for me to realize that most of the world really, truly in their darkest, right before they go to sleep, they're really afraid that everybody's going to find out they're full of shit and they don't know what they're doing. That's, that is a universal, I truly believe it. Uh, so don't listen to anybody's advice. Um, having said that, really, just be fearless. There is nothing to be afraid of. Don't play it safe. Playing it safe is the, the, playing it safe is, is, is death itself. 
So whatever your dream is, whatever your risks are, whatever there is around you, just look at everything and say, am I coming from fear with this decision or am I coming from fearlessness in this decision? And that's not always easy to identify. And that's life as well as um, show business. Really, it's unbelievable how often we come from fear. And um, I gave you one example about the, the Tonight Show for me, like how much more could I have gotten out of doing it than I protected by not doing it. I'll never forget that. My next guest is an Emmy-winning creator, producer, host, writer, known for launching the successful parody talk show Comedy Bang Bang, now in its fifth season on IFC. He's also known as the co-creator of the Funnier Die web series Between Two Ferns. He's also been nominated for an Academy Award for his animated work as a writer on Shark Tale. Scott Ackerman. First of all, you have to move. You you have it, it even though I I lived 45 minutes south in Orange County, it seemed impenetrable to me. The idea of moving up to LA. Well, I don't know anyone there. I don't know anyone in show business. I don't how would how would I even do it? How would I break in? How would I give my thing to someone in order to have them read it? It just seems daunting. And it seems, I remember when I first went away to college too, it was that kind of thing of like, wait, I, I was accepted to a, an arts college. I won't know anyone there. And the fact that one of my best friends went was the only reason I went ahead and went up there. You know, it, it, it's very scary, I think, to people to like throw themselves into the unknown, but you just have to do it. And you, you can't think about how you're going to get into the business. You just have to like throw yourself into it and study and, you know take classes or constantly write and show your friends stuff. I mean, you know, when BJ Porter and I did the fun bunch stuff, yeah, we started at the comedy show, but the, or the comedy store, but the part that isn't paid attention to a lot is we rented theaters and we put up our sketch shows and, and made them free and gave away free beer in order for people to come. Um, and we made, it a, a social thing at least for people to come <laughs> to see the show hoping that they would laugh and you know i remember at one point i, I uh we had written a 75 minute musical that we put up um and we put it up for one night and brian possein was in it and um paula Tompkins and a bunch of people and we put it up only one night and we rehearsed it for months and we did it one night and bob odenkirk was in the crowd and after we did it, he was like, oh, that was incredible. But why did you do it? He's like, why? Why would you do that? I mean, no, you know, it's sold out. Sure. But like the industry, no one from the industry is here. Like, and you're not doing it again. And I was like, I don't know. We did it for fun. And he was like, why? And in my head, I'm going, because you're here, Bob, and you're going to give me a, a, a job on your show, I hope, you know, but. But to me, that's the part that people don't pay attention to is is you really have to go out there and hustle and constantly be doing it. And I put up a I performed somewhere every single week and I put up a sketch show like every month and constantly hustling and out there and trying to get people to see your stuff. And that's the only way it can happen. Um, you can't just sit around in your apartment and go, how come no one's looking at my stuff or how come, you know, how can I put my stuff into the right person's hands you just got to make stuff
My next guest is the Executive Vice President of Development for CMT, where he heads up the growth and programming of all original series on the channel. Under his leadership, CMT saved Nashville and notched the network's highest ever ratings for an original series with the scripted comedy Still the King. And in 2015, he was named to Variety's Music City Impact Report for his influence on Nashville. Jason Dinsmore. The first thing I would say is you better be in for the marathon. Like I'm going to use a bunch of cliches because they're all true. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Like just get here. And once you're here, get in. And once you're in, stay there. Don't quit. Don't move around a hundred times. Stay where you are and find within that group where you want to go, which is why I think the associates program is so fascinating because when you're at NBC, they work in every single department or for me, craft service. I met every person on the crew because they all had to eat. Um, so getting your foot in the door, persistence. Um, I also used this example at my class at UCLA. They're like, how do you get that first gig? How did you know who to call? And I was like, we didn't have Google. Like I had to write down the names of the producers on the shows and the companies and then try to look them up in the library and like try to track them down. And it wasn't, I wasn't hugely successful at that, but eventually it kept me fueled. And I mean, it kept me fueled and eventually I got a gig. Today you can Google it um, and you'll find the production company and they usually have a website and there's usually a contact us and I was, let's just call them up. Um, so that's one way. But the, the bigger advice is get your foot in the door, stay there, don't give up. And when an opportunity presents itself, take it, but be prepared because if you don't succeed that first time, it might take three or four times before something kicks. Um, a, a lot of it is talent. Like if the, if you have a talent and you're passionate and you get in a room and you are, are, are adamant enough about your idea or that you want to be there and you get lucky enough, which is also a big part of it that someone recognizes your passion and your ability, um, you better befriend that person because that, that, that's going to be the relationship that takes you to the next level. My next guest is a comedian who tells raw, real-life stories. His one-hour stand-up special, They're Not Gonna Laugh at You, debuted on Showtime and has been one of their highest-rated specials. He's worked on everything from Russell Simmons Presents, Comics Without Borders, Lopez Tonight, and he's currently touring sold-out theaters all over the country. If you go see him, you'll always hear that trademark phrase, What's up, fool? I'm talking about Felipe Esparza. Get up right now and do it. You can do it. You can do whatever you want. Don't let your environment dictate where you're going to go in life because I grew up in the projects and I've gotten, I've gotten to go to Europe to do stand-up comedy. And it doesn't matter if you don't have um, skills. If you want to be somebody, you could be whatever you want to be. But you got to practice. You got to practice at this every day. 10,000 hours, right? So if you want to be a stand-up comedian, I would say go do it. But also, I wouldn't put my first comedy show on YouTube right now because most likely it's going to suck really bad. And you don't want people to go back and try to book you and then they go back and watch your video and go, man, this guy sucks. Also, man, if you're going to get into stand-up comedy, be nice to everybody around you. 
everyone around you. I mean, everyone around you, even the bad people and the good people. And um, hang out with everybody, man, whether they're black, Latino or Middle Eastern. Get to know everybody, man, because you don't know who's going to make it. And those people who do make it, if they still see you, that you're still around, they're going to pick you up, man. They're going to throw you a little bone or something. My next guest has appeared in over 170 films, including Reservoir Dogs, Thelma and Louise, Wyatt Earp, Free Willy, Donnie Brasco, Species, Kill Bill, Sin City, and most recently, The Hateful Eight, which was his fourth collaboration with two-time Oscar winner Quentin Tarantino. Show me who you're with, and I'll show you who you are. Michael Madsen. I could I could sum it up in two ways. I could say, get another job. Do something else, man. Or I could say, just don't ever, ever give up. Don't let anybody ever tell you you can't do it. And don't let any bad circumstances, you know, ruin you. Or just If that's what you want to do, you better realize that you've picked the worst, hardest thing that there is to do. Even today with people who are overnight success or people who are huge stars on reality shows, 20, 30 years from now, nobody is going to remember one single person who did that. They're going to remember the people like Jimmy Stewart or Clint Eastwood or, or uh, William Holden or, or Alan, Alan Ladd or Elizabeth Taylor, you know, Richard Burton, you know, uh, Kirk Douglas, who's like almost 100 now, uh, Burt Lancaster and Lee Marvin and Ernest Borgnine, who I, I did a cowboy picture with him. These guys, Ingrid Bergman and uh, uh, Hedy Lamarr and Barbara Stanwyck, you know, Jane Fonda, you know, people who had a longevity and they truly left uh, uh, this, this monumental body of work, Henry Fonda, and people who left this body of work that is undeniably incredible and we're still watching their movies today. And I, that's all I ever want. I, I just want longevity now. I just want to do it as long as I can. And that's really what it is. It's not, oh, I don't want to be famous, you know. You don't want to be famous or you want to be a good actor. There's a big difference. If you become famous of being a good actor, well, great. But don't set out to be famous. If that's your goal, then you shouldn't do it. My next guest is a guy who represents Jimmy Kimmel, Steve Colbert, Adam Carolla, Carson Daly, and John Stewart. He started off at the William Morris Agency in the mailroom, but he broke through in a big way. And as you can imagine, package set shows as Everybody Loves Raymond, King of Queens, The Man Show, The Colbert Report, The Daily Show, and now Late Show with Steve Colbert. James Baby Doll Dixon. You got to work really hard. You got to stay with it. You've got to be patient. Sometimes it takes years and years to figure out who you are and, and what you're going to be. Um, you can't look at other guys or gals and use them as the arbiter of what you will be. Develop your point of view. Be true to yourself. And I truly believe this. You know, life's not fair. This business certainly isn't fair. But generally, if you're deeply talented and you you have a special ability, you will be recognized. The cream will rise to the top of that cup of coffee. It may not be exactly when you think it should. It may not be exactly the way you think it should. But eventually, I truly believe that the 
the people who are meant to make it in our business, they all make it. Like you can't keep someone down who's as talented as the people we've talked about with or without me, without you. It doesn't matter. We, we're just, you know, along for the ride at that point. They're going to make it with or without us. So, you know, that's that would be my advice. You know, develop your point of view, um, especially for the comics. And, um, you know, like, you know, be smart about it. Be nice to people. Be be true to yourself. And those people that you see on the way up, you'll see on the way down. So don't be an asshole. <laughs> it doesn't serve you well. This next guy is widely considered by his peers to be the greatest stage magician of the past century. With appearances on Letterman, Leno, The View, Ferguson, The World's Greatest Magic, he was the first artist in Vegas to have a theater named after him and has won so many awards I can't even count them. But probably the most prestigious for a young magician when he started was when he won the Grand Prix of Magic, which is the World Championship. Lance Burton. Be tenacious. Just always keep working. Just always keep working on your craft, whether you're a magician or a comedian or a writer or an actor. Just keep, don't give up. Just keep on, just keep on. And, and for the young magicians, I always tell them, just do as many shows as you possibly can. When I was a kid, I would do a show anywhere, even if it was free, if I wasn't getting paid. I just wanted an audience to get up in front of and do my act. Just do as many shows as you can. Once you get a thousand shows under your belt and you're really working at it, you'll have a good act. But it takes that many shows to test out your theories and keep the things that work, discard the things that don't. Um, and uh, if I could give one piece of advice to any performer and they would instantly take it and not think about it, no drinking. That breaks my heart when I see very talented people who who blow their careers over alcohol. Because whenever they do something crazy or stupid, there's always alcohol involved. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever.
I want to talk to you about this amazing documentary that I worked on called I Killed JFK. It's centered on a man who has been in prison for 30 years, who's the only person in history to have admitted to killing John F. Kennedy. He started as a runner for the mob in Chicago, and he was hired to drive two hitmen from that city around Dallas, and he ended up being the guy on the grassy knoll who took the fatal shot that killed John F. Kennedy. His story, the footage, the interviews, never been seen before. You can't find them anywhere except on this documentary. Go to ikilljfk.com, look at the trailer, buy this documentary, and everybody who does go and get a copy of this special, I'm going to choose one person randomly, and I will invite them to a live podcast to be there in person with my guest, be able to meet them, ask any questions they want. And if they're not from this area, I will Skype them in and it'll be something you'll be privy to before anybody else gets to hear the podcast. So go to ikilljfk.com, pick up this documentary. I guarantee you it will blow you away. My next guest is a comedian, actor, best-selling author, executive producer, radio and TV host. All in all, this guy has been in 25 films with 13 Academy Award-winning actors and actresses. His hit radio show is syndicated all over the country, and his podcast has been downloaded over 40 million times. Jay Moore. Repetition, 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 repetition. If you don't have a crew, if you're very young, if you don't fit in really anywhere, that's the best thing in the world because you're not like the others. Don't be like the others. Nurture whatever that garden is in you where you grow different things than others. And people go, hey, this guy's like always with us. He's always like writing shit down. Hey, uh, Shakespeare. Go double down on whatever the negative is. You said little town. Whatever the negative is about you, like, hey, fag, f be the fucking gayest guy in town. Whatever it is. A, 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 a basketball man, just watch this to the point where they say it. It circles back and they actually look absurd. But you walk up to Derek Jeter and go, hey, shortstop. People go, what do you, why would you call... Because he thinks he's a fucking shortstop. No, he's a cheater. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. I can't. I don't know where to do it. Then don't do it. If that's your conversation in your head, you should not do it. I know guys that stood at a ground round while people were being seated and went up and down the line with goddamn peanut shells on the floor doing stand-up. I was 17. I was driving around Montclair, West Orange, East Orange, East Orange. Yikes. <laughs> Caldwell, Pinebrook, Montville, from bar to bar to bar. Do you want to have a comedy night? I'll do free. Do you want to have a comedy night? I didn't realize that I was doing somebody else's podcast. They're like, you did that? Well, who told them? I'm like, yeah, I just thought it was normal. <laughs> I wasn't old enough to get in the bars. I'm like, I know I'm not old enough. I don't have an idea. Is he the owner? Can I just clip the New Jersey? Can I just speak to, is that Fat Sal? I talked to Fat Sal. Would you like to have a comedy night? But there was like 40 of them. The 41st was re, R-E dash L-Y-N-N, like re, like repeat, I don't know, but the Lynn, like a lady's name, re Lynn's in like a pack on New Jersey. It was a boathouse. 
she's like, bring your own equipment, I guess. I'm like, great. You know, I'll take the door. Two bucks. If I get 10 people, that's more than 10 bucks. <laughs> and everybody from the, the restaurant I was working at came. Uh, but the night before, I went, <gasps> in bed, Valley View Road, in my bottom of my bunk bed that I never got rid of. I went, I don't have any equipment. <laughs> never crossed my fucking mind <laughs> to go, I'm going to need a mic. If I show up, everything's cool. Not without a speaker and electricity, it ain't. It's a boathouse with a fucking bar with hillbillies at it. And so uh, one of the guys at the restaurant played guitar, and I go, can I borrow your amp? Do you have a mic? He goes, I don't know. I go, what? And I made it like he was a jerk. Like, how the fuck do you not know if you have... So it's an amp and a mic as long as this one, but you had to stand next to the amp because the mic was only seven, six feet long. But he stood, if you shift your body weight... <laughs> the feedback so everyone's just standing with the mic and tilting their body and nobody the bar turned around which is probably a good thing repetition double down whatever people think is your negative because that's you as uh, Cat Williams says if people say shit about you for 20 years it's true my next guest is an author filmmaker writer producer and director whose films have grossed over a billion dollars in television, he's the creator of the critically acclaimed series Freaks and Geeks. His hit movie Bridesmaids garnered Oscar nominations for Best Supporting Actress and Best Original Screenplay. And he continues to write and create and be a part of some of the biggest movies in Hollywood. Paul Feig. You have no excuse not to do it now because you have, with the dollar in your pocket... <laughs> more access to everything than any of us had in the course of mankind. And especially those of us who came up trying to be in showbiz pre-internet, because with your phone, you can shoot high definition. It's going to look beautiful. And, it, you know, for what I had to spend $35,000 to shoot 16 millimeter, to shoot this little movie that took place in a field that turned out to be, I am uh, the life sold separately. That we had all kinds of problems. It looks grainy. It looks terrible. You could, with your phone, shoot this thing. It looks professional. You've got your laptop. It's got editing equipment that comes bundled with it. You can cut it, and you've got an internet connection. You can upload it, and the world can see it. The caution I will tell you is make sure when you put it out, it's good. Do your test screening, show it to people, get advice from people, work hard on the script, make sure you're telling a story you know and you relate to that you have a take on and make it as good as you can. Because once it's out there, it's out there. And people like us in, in the business, we scour the Internet. I have a person who works in my office who, who does that and they just go on YouTube and they look at all this stuff and you find it. But if you see something that's terrible, you do mark like, oh, that person, it's hard to get a second viewing from anybody so make sure it's great but do it if you're if, if you're want to get in this business and you're not doing that then you shouldn't be in the business because you have to be a self-starter you have to be self-motivated i'm a kid from michigan who knew nobody when I, I knew nothing about showbiz you know i moved out to california didn't know anybody out here and just by going you know i'm gonna do it and going to film school and not even i didn't not even i had to go to film school just saying i'm not gonna take no for an answer became a stand-up did whatever I could have showcased. If you want to do it, you got to do it. Be driven. Do it, do it, do it. And if you don't, don't do it because if you don't have that kind of drive, it's never going to happen. 
My next guest is a successful talent manager, television producer, publisher, TV host, and CEO and founder of the multimedia entertainment company, Mona Me Entertainment, home to Grammy award-winning artist Missy Elliott, publishing imprint Mona Me Books, and VH1's most popular docu-franchise, Love and Hip Hop, Mona Scott Young. It's really about understanding it, harnessing it, and applying it. You can't give up. You have to believe that you can do it because nobody's going to have more faith in you than you're going to have in yourself, right? And there are going to be obstacles thrown at you left and right. And if you allow yourself to be knocked over by those, most of the times there's not going to be anybody there to pick you up. So you have to believe in your ability to get up time and time again and keep forging ahead. Educate yourself. Know whatever it is that you're trying to get into. We didn't even get into this, but when I said I never listened to the radio, I had no idea how music was made. And I spent nights at the studio watching these guys work and understanding what every knob did so that I could best represent them. You have to know the business that you're in and apply yourself to that, doing that homework and getting that information under your belt. Um, you know, an educated, you know, consumer or whatever, an educated person is the best. It's, it's rooted in truth. And when I say education, I don't mean book smarts because Lord knows I never went to college. I'm talking about about knowing your business and knowing what it's going to take and having a plan for what it's going to take to get you to where you're trying to go. My next guest is a former Air America radio writer and correspondent and social justice activist, internationally renowned political satirist and author of the acclaimed Seven Stories press book, Never Shake Hands with a War Criminal. What really stood out to me is a documentary that Bobcat Goldthwait made about him that you have to watch called Call Me Lucky. And most recently shot an hour comedy special for Louis C.K.'s Pig Newton Productions, Barry Crimmins. Learn your craft. The first thing you need to learn how to do is take the stage. I can't believe I see these guys do national TV shots and they come and go, how you doing? Like, that's a rhetorical question to the nation you know you're not focusing them in on it like you just got introduced as a funny guy walk out and be funny bang take the stage that's platinum that time when they first walk out there if you're fun i've always tried to have something very concise and funny and often is as much to do with any you know like oh he can tell he's on the same it's hot here too you know like you know something that relates to them and you just bang and you get them that way you know take the stage but that's platinum and you get so much credit for that up front you, you feel it accruing with an audience you know like okay that's why I, I I've always been able to you know kind of like now I'm giving a speech and you people are putting up with it you know because I was funny for a long time uh, so that's that as far as you know they they try to tell you you can do anything you want to do what they don't want you to know is that's the truth you know the people that are doing the most amazing things I know didn't take no for an answer. If you can be talked out of it, then you shouldn't do it. But if you can't, you know, stay on it and whatever, you know, it just has to mean an awful lot to you. But uh, really understand, you know, on a certain conscious level, you're not that interesting, but what you've got to offer is interesting. What you really have is interesting, but it's not like 
we sort of live in an era where people can broadcast the fact that they're putting their shoes on, you know, and it's sort of like, okay, wow, you put shoes on and you're putting on your feet. That's amazing. You know, but if you really got something to say, the interesting thing is everybody thinks that what you have to say is planned in advance. The trick is, is getting yourself to the point where, you know, you're just using the audience or whatever it is, is you know, like, I don't have to have a therapist. I get to do this here. But you don't know what you're going to say or what you're going to do, really, if you're really an artist, until it's like you're on the spot and you got to come up with it, you know? So I would say put yourself on the spot. And and if you quit, that's your choice. And I understand because it's a really stupid you know, I mean, you you know how what the percentages of people who filter through, like, you know, I'm like a relative pauper, but I've got the people go, oh, you're so successful lately, and they go, I've been doing what I want every day since I was 18 years old. Like, are you kidding me? I, I thought that was successful. I didn't have to answer to some shithead and sit in a cubicle and and get some middle manager bully pushing me around that I see him pushing somebody else around and I end up getting arrested for choking him or something. So I'm very lucky, you know, uh, but you can do anything you want. You can, if you got the guts to do it. My next guest has been featured in a wide range of amazing projects spanning some 30 years. His box office successes have led to a total worldwide gross of over $1 billion, with movies like Bad Santa, 1 and 2 Star Wars, Me, Myself, and Irene, The Warrior's Way, and Oz, The Great and Powerful. Tony Cox. You know, it's not about the town that you come from. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about you and how bad you want to do something or to become somebody. Um, for me, I would just say mentally, you got to have it. If you're going to come out and be an acting or whatever you're going to be, mentally you have to have it. Uh, in my hometown, nobody gave me a chance. I, well, a couple of people did, but a lot of people didn't, and they talked about me. I used that to fuel me to make me who I am. And, and one thing about it, when you do the thing that you want to do and you make it, all those people that talked about you, then everybody want to be on your bandwagon. People were telling me, I knew you could do it. I said you could do it. Those are the same people that talked about me, didn't give me a chance. Um, I wanted to prove that coming from a little town, it doesn't mean anything. If you want to be an astronaut, you can be an astronaut. Whatever you want to do, do it and believe that you can do it. But you always got to have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I have faith. I have faith in my God that whatever I wanted to do, that I know he would be there for me. And that's what I have to say. Always stay ready. Always stay ready. Because you never know when your opportunity is going to come. And... You may not get but one shot, and if you miss it, that could be it. So just stay ready. That's my advice. Tony Cox. My next guest is best known as the legendary creator and owner of the historic Magic Castle, where he's worked with some of the greatest magicians in history, including Lance Burden and David Copperfield. Milt Larson. My dad told me 
Try to figure out what you really, really want to do and then work for it and do it and never let go of that goal. And he said, that way you're going to find out what you're going to be out of work of for the rest of your life. And he <laughs> said, but if you always have that goal, all I wanted to be a gag writer and I wanted to be a producer and I wanted to be an actor in that order because I, I loved being a comic or an actor, but I wasn't a good one. I mean, I, I can't remember lines and I can't, uh, you know, there's so brilliant brilliant comics and I wasn't one of them but I was funny but not that funny there again I'd always come back to magic and a magic castle I could always go out and break a bunch of props and get a laugh you know the main advice would be to be original to do learn your trade in the first place a lot of particularly comedians and people they just start doing what they do they don't have any background. They don't know the history. You can learn a lot. That's what I did. I collected all these old scripts and things before I got jobs. I go to the trash cans and dig scripts out of CBS and NBC to just read what other writers are doing for comedians. You mentioned Invisible Irma earlier. That came out of a book called Hopkins Magic in 1899. And the concept it was called the Aeolian harp, but a harp that would play requests, you know, and nobody was there. And I said, that's a good idea. So I made a piano, and we put an invisible piano player there, and it plays requests. That's been a big high spot in this place for 52 years. But it was an original idea that was spawned from an old, old, old principle. So, so I think the main thing is to a young person, they've got to make up their minds what they want to do, and then do it. Snag, my comedy writing uh, mentor, secret of being a writer, he says, that would be before I had any credits at all when I was a teenager, and he said, if you want to be a writer, get up every morning and write something. He said, it doesn't matter what you write. He said, if you want to write a radio show, write a radio show. Find any radio show you listen to and try to write that show. As if you were being paid to write the show. And then when you do that, take whatever you write and put it in a box or a drawer or something because someday you're going to be a writer and someday you're going to go back and say, that was pretty clever stuff I wrote. But but that's it. I mean, so my advice to any young writer or performer or anybody else, doctor, I don't care, learn your trade and be the best that you can possibly be because there's always going to be somebody better than you are. But if you try to be better than they are, you're never going to fail. Like so many other guests I've had, this next guy has never done a podcast before and probably never will again. But he's a prolific actor, comedian, producer. In television, he spent seven years as a series regular on the hit CBS show, Yes, Dear. And you can catch his hour special on Showtime called Ambiguous. Anthony Clark. Well, I just feel that there was no social media when I was coming up. So don't read all of it and don't believe all of it. There's going to be 50% that you say something bad and 50%, but they have no interest in you whatsoever. So just believe in your heart and you know when it's right and when it's wrong and um, just pursue your dreams. And that's all you can do is work hard and uh, stay true to yourself and, and um, 
with a little God-given luck, maybe just pursue what you want to do. I mean, look, look at the people we know, Barry, that came from nothing, and they're here because they wouldn't give up. They they wouldn't give up because there was a talent there. There was something that everybody set, kept saying, go forward on. So I just uh, think that um, you have to believe in yourself and believe the people that you keep around you and stay strong and what do they say in England? Keep a stiff upper lip and carry on. My next guest has been the president of five television networks, NBC, Fox, FX, TNT, TBS, and he was also the head of Brillstein Gray Productions. He's been a part of shows like ER, Homicide, Life on the Street, Law and Order, Just Shoot Me, News Radio, Rescue Me, Nip Tuck, The Shield, 30 Rock, The Office, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Now president of TBS and TNT and chief creative officer, Kevin Riley. Look, they all start in the same place, whether one becomes an artist or one becomes a, an executive or, you know, uh, runs their own company or represents talent. You know, it starts with some version of, 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 a, of a dream that seems weird or seems, you know, uh, like not possible. And, um, you know, today I think there are so many more resources available. Forget the Google search. You know, today if you want to, you know, think about now it's almost amazing to think, well, how the hell did anyone become a director? Like, well, how did you do that even? Like, I mean, there's the story of like Spielberg throwing the script over the fence, but like a director, you needed like, you needed equipment that wasn't available. It was like tens of thousands of dollars to rent and a crew that had to go out and do it. Now you need an iPhone <laughs> and you're good to go. And by the way, you could post it for free. And if it's pretty good, you, someone would actually hire you <laughs> off of that. And it is the absolute truth. So the tools are so much more available. And today also, I'd say even some of the breakdown in the the clickishness of the business where, you know, you had to know somebody and you get a, a, you know, some cred. And if you didn't have the combination, you went, now we know there's a million artists running around trying to get an agent. We know there's a million executives who can't get their call returned or you want executives dreaming of that. So it still takes the same resiliency and curiosity and just belief, you know, belief yet openness. You know, I, I as you know, as someone who's managed artists, you see the ones who, believe in themselves to not listen to all the stupid input they got, which is, man, you're too tall. Or you should cut your hair or fix your nose or I don't know. Your voice is weird. Or I don't think they're going to want your type tune all of that out. But also the ones that are smart enough to know, like, when is the advice good? You know, there's the ones who are in their own way that think they're like geniuses and everything they do is absolute gold. And they're going to listen to no one. Well, a lot of those guys, you know, are, are over at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf right now, you know, <laughs> talking about their, you know, big project they got in the works and the town's littered with them. So I, I, I think it's like, you know, seek out those, seek out those positive influences. Anyone that gives you a nugget where you go, that guy, that makes sense to me. You know, that guy gets me, you know, okay. You know, who's the Barry Katz who goes, that guy gets me, you know, and has given me good advice. Um, but at the same token, not listening to everybody or you're just nothing, you know? And that goes the same even when you get the power. That's the moral of my whole story here is I've been in jobs that have been quote unquote powerful jobs, even at the time, not even feeling like I had all the power in there. But I realized ultimately, I actually do, and the buck does stop here. I am actually the one that's gonna say yay or nay. 
So I'm going with these. And if you're going to fire me, fire me. But at the end of the day, I'll put, I'll put my money on these. And fortunately, I look up and more often than not, there were things where I was like, well, okay, I bet on those. So I'm happy. I'm proud that I did. I knew through the NBC experience. So when you talk about the adversity, I guess here's your answer. After four years of a job that really was miserable, I realized I was going to get fired. So I thought when I get fired, I want to look at myself in the mirror and go, I put on what I believed in. And then I look back and I can say proudly, it was Friday Night Lights, it was Heroes, it was 30 Rock, it was the, it was the Office, it was shows like that. And I was like, okay, I'll stand behind those. And turned out to be a pretty good thing. My next guest is an Emmy-nominated TV producer, writer, and co-founder of Jack Hole Industries and partners with Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla. Among their many shows he co-created were Crank Anchors, The Man Show, and he was the original executive producer of Rosie and Jimmy Kimmel Live. And before that, he was a producer on Late Night with David Letterman and Late Show with David Letterman. Daniel Kellison. I think about it often with young people, and, and uh, I don't know how you were growing up in Longmeadow, Massachusetts, but I know that I was going to get out of Brattleboro, Vermont, and I was going to um, do something and be and create something and do something. I didn't know what it was, um, but I had a mother who supported me and believed in me, and, and, uh, uh, and then when I went to NYU, I, I look back and I sort of regret not believing in myself more because I was, you know shaken with sort of this idea that that I wasn't gonna be good enough playwright. Um, and I think that that, you know, if you believe in yourself, I mean, like, I, anything's possible. Like, if you said you wanted to be, you know, a movie producer or an actor or a singer or whatever, I've seen everybody do this. And they aren't all matinee idol, great looking people. Um, they just have determination. And uh, it's, it's, everything's achievable and especially now with you know where you don't have to jump through hoops with producers you can actually go on and create your own podcast create your own video uh, uh, show uh, put it on YouTube I mean it is everything's available to everybody right now and it's just sheer determination will, will, will fuel your success so don't don't think you can't do it and don't settle and if somebody's telling you you can't do it or you're not good enough don't listen to them my next guests are the only husband and wife writing producer team i ever had on the show they have executive produced and wrote together all five of jim gaffigan's hour specials as well as their show the jim gaffigan show for tv land where genie directed the final episode and received the Christopher and Eloquentia Perfect Awards for her work in television. Jim and Jeannie Gaffigan. Get the hell out of your small town. I think that every path is so different, and I think the path and the highway changes every couple of years. So what worked as a stand-up comedian in New York City 20 years ago is irrelevant at this point. And, you know, whether it's YouTube stars or like, you know, someone being a Vine star, you know, it's like, it's, you know, there's so many different paths, but I think that seeking creative fulfillment as opposed to seeking fame, like I think culturally we're caught up in this fame thing when intellectually we know it's stupid. Right. So I think that 
seeking creative fulfillment is the way to go. And I'm a great guy. This next guy is a co-creator and executive producer of Modern Family, and his credits read like a who's who of some of the best shows on television. Frasier, Wings, Larry Sanders, Just Shoot Me. The list goes on and on and on. He's won two Humanitas Prizes, five Writers Guild Awards, and I can't even count the number of Emmy Awards he's won. Steve Levitan. Well, for executives, I would say two things. Number one, be proactive about the things that the writers can't do or don't have time to do. So where some writers get really bent out of shape is where you're giving notes on things that they feel are insignificant. And at the same time, bad promos are going on the air and you're giving away act breaks when you shouldn't and you're not getting the right level of, of support from the network. So a good executive is very proactive. And, and it says, hey, I, I didn't like the promo. I called the network. I did this. I uh, did some, we rounded up some research and showed them that this, this, this. Hey, I, I, I found this opportunity for us to get so-and-so. Someone who's doing things that we just don't have time to do. That I think is, would be very wise for network executives to do. And then the best note I think you can give a writer is simply this. I was with you till here. I loved it. I loved it. And then right here, I felt myself disengaging. Um, I have my theories on why. Happy to share that with you. But I just want you to know it was right here at this moment where I just sort of felt like I, you lost me a little bit. And maybe you can look at that moment. In terms of advice for actors, there's a world out there that wasn't available when we were coming up and just take advantage, take full advantage of it. If you're a writer and you want to be a comedy writer, you know, obviously write sketches, produce them, put them online, start writing jokes on Twitter. Um, I mean, I've seen a number of people who have gotten good jobs off of writing funny jokes on Twitter. Do it every day. Write jokes every day if you want to be a writer. If you want to be a writer for Kimmel or Fallon or somebody, write those kinds of jokes every day and put them on Twitter and people will find you. I guarantee it. Make videos, make funny videos that break through and people will find you. If you're a writer, write. Don't talk about writing. Don't tell people you're writing. If you have to go in Starbucks and write, fine, but it's a little obnoxious. Sit at home and write, but write and, and produce material and show it to your friends. And when they say, it's good, it's not good. And when they say, it's like, yeah, I like that part. They don't like that part. And then one day, if you keep that in mind, you'll get to the point where someone says, holy shit, that's funny. And then you know it's ready to show somebody and maybe play some card you have with, with someone's uncle or whatever, only then is it time. Don't waste your, your little moment with something that's bad because if I read one bad script from someone, that's it. And actors? I don't know. It's funny. Um, it's such a different life. I, I have advice for actors who are working actors who have opportunities 
But um, that applies to so few people that I, I feel silly giving that. Well, it's understand who you're getting into business with. It's just as important as that first script. I think that goes basically for everybody. Get to know the reputations of the people that you're potentially getting into business with. If you happen to be in a lucky position where you have some choices, find out if they're good people and if they're going to be there and for you and if you're going to have a, if they're ready, if they're up for the task. Ask tough questions about the characters and, and whatever um, and see if you like the answers. Um, and, and, and for those who are not in that fortunate position, make things. Put them online, show people, get out there, improv, nothing better than improv. Get comfortable in your own skin. Um, it's just right now, there's just, there are so many opportunities. It's an amazing time. The, the sad part, I guess, it's not even that sad. The brass ring is going to be a little less shiny. The big hits are going to be way fewer and farther between, and they're not going to be quite as big as they once were. But there are so many shows. You can't get a stage on, on the Fox lot now. There are so many things filming. And now for Amazon and Netflix and everybody else that's doing it, um, there are just, there are tons of opportunities. So just don't stop. Do something every day. I don't care what it is. Just make one move a day that says, I did something to move the ball forward. Even if it was, I made a call or I rehearsed a scene. I learned a monologue. I wrote a joke and put it online. I did whatever it is. Do something, one thing every day. Push it forward and, you know, one day you'll click in. All right. That's all for now. I hope you enjoyed our first show of the year, the 2016 The Best of Industry Standard Part 2. The audience doesn't know right now, listening to this podcast, is I'm about to do live television in about 11 minutes. And Barry's like, now, after you were 16, then you had a birthday where you... I believe it's August 23rd, making you a Virgo Leo, born on the cusp. Then you turn 17. Walk us through 17. Okay, as promised, I'm going to scroll through the list of people who purchased the documentary I Killed JFK. It's an amazing story about the only man in history who has admitted to killing JFK. It's an incredible documentary, and you can get it at the website ikilledjfk.com. You can see the trailer, and it's truly incredible. And so I'm going to scroll through now randomly the people who purchased the documentary this week, and one of these people will be a lucky winner. And they'll get to attend a podcast live with one of my guests, meet them, shake their hand, ask them a few questions, or else if they're out of town, out of state, or out of the country, we'll Skype them in or FaceTime them or anything like that so they can be there. Okay, let's do it. All right, landing on Juliet Aldridge from Gainesville, Georgia. Congratulations, Juliet. You are a winner. Also, I figure I might as well give away the same thing to somebody who sent me a message, a review on the iTunes comment review section as well. 
why not? So let me look here randomly and pick somebody. All right, landing on Brandon Bowditch, a five-star review on July 31st, 2015, titled Great. The review reads, Barry Katz is hilarious in his own awkward kind of way. Well, the truth doesn't hurt. Thank you, Brandon. You are a winner. Congratulations. This has been Barry Katz with Industry Standard. And as always, if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get all the money, drop that fancy car. All the people love you, cause you're going for life is for the dreamer. Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes, which will be available for download every Monday, or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day.